What's going on, sports addicts? In today's podcast, we will be talking about the NBA's best duos, ranking them from 10 to 1, and we're going to be discussing who has the best surrounding team, you know, of their star duos. Before we get into today's podcast, if you're listening on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps us out a lot. And if you are listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe there and, you know, you rate us. Uh, we appreciate the five stars, but any kind of criticism you guys can give us to get better, we definitely appreciate. So let's go ahead and get into this. Dylan, who is your number 10 best duo in the NBA? My number 10 best duo is going to be Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I think, you know, the Mavs have a young duo, young, uh, like international kind of duo. I just, we haven't seen these guys play together yet. So I think they both have a little bit to figure out in the league and we'll see where they go from there. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see, you know, why you rank them at 10. My number 10 I actually have is Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. And it's really only for the sheer fact. It's not even because they're a new duo um, because actually most of these are, but it's really just because they're both backcourt players. You know, I kind of really did favor a little bit more of um, guys that were, you know, maybe like, a backcourt and a frontcourt guy. Cause I just think that's more diverse. Um, I yeah. think, the, I think the potential is there for these guys to be one of the best one day. I just don't think they're quite on the level with some of these other duos. Yeah. Luca and Kristaps. I definitely think that they have the potential to be one of the best duos in the NBA in the future. Um, but yeah, Conley and Donovan Mitchell, I think they're going to have a great season. I obviously think the jazz are going to be one of the better teams going into the playoffs. Um, what about number nine? Who do you have there? My number nine is your number 10. I have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell at number nine. I think Conley is a seasoned vet point guard who a lot of people just look over. He can pretty much do it all. He plays good offense, good defense. He can get you a clutch shot when you need it. And Donovan Mitchell is one of the best young stars I think this league um, is hoping for. Um, yeah, that, I have them at number nine. Yeah, I mean, I definitely the other thing, too, is with Conley, I just wish he was a little bit younger and these guys have more time to play together. My number nine is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Wow. I definitely, you know, I mean, this is the thing is I feel like Embiid carries this duo way more than Ben Simmons. It's like, bro, come on. You're in a modern NBA. You got to shoot and this man. Won't even attempt a three. I think Embiid attempts more than he does. Like, I don't even think Ben Simmons has one attempt in his career. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he it's clearly something he struggles with. I mean, there's been other guys who have struggled with shooting the ball early on in their career, and they go on to kind of figure it out. I think Kobe even had some struggles early on in his career in terms of shooting, but he really, you know, figured it out by the end. Um, yeah. Should we move on to my number eight? Well, hold on. Before we oh, move okay. on to number eight, I just kind of want to explain – Ben Simmons is a great player. If he can develop a jump shot, he'll be up there right there. Him and Embiid will be up there with Doncic and Porzingis as the, the young future duos in the NBA. Um, I definitely think they have a lot of potential because Embiid is a really big, physical, imposing center who's good at his craft. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like Embiid in this duo. But, you know, the 76ers do have a really good supporting cast. We'll get into that later. Let's get into your number eight. My number eight is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So, I mean, it's pretty much for a lot of the same reasons that you were just saying. I just think they're still young. I mean, they've, they've had a little bit of a tough go so far in the East in the playoffs. I think they're learning from everything like that. They have, you know, a better supporting cast around them coming into next season. 
I think it'll be interesting to see the development that these two young guys continue to make in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, getting into my number eight, I have Doncic and Porzingis. So okay. our bottom three are just mixed up in an order, but we do have the same bottom three. And obviously, I mean, it's still good because you're a top 10 duo in the league. But yeah, I mean, I just, like I said, I favored, you know, a front court and a backcourt player. Luca can really do it all. He's a great passer, great shooter. He finishes in the post. And then Chris Stops is, you know, he is eligible to go out and shoot those threes. He's a good rebounder. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. And I think that's crucial for a couple of these, um, you know, duos. But we're not going to really take injuries into consideration here because it's really not fair. Um, but, yeah, I think our bottom three, obviously, same guys, just a different order. So I think we can agree there. Obviously, it's just based on opinion and what you like more. But what do you have for number seven? Number seven, I have the newest duo in the league, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Dang. Yeah, I think that both of these guys are very good. They both have MVPs under their belt. Um, They've both kind of taken a little bit of a different path since their breakup in OKC, but now they're back together. I just think that these guys desperately need the ball in their hands to be able to work out. So I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see, like, them work through that and them realizing like, okay, I have a guy who's just as good as me, you know, Harden's a little bit more of a natural score, but Westbrook is so competitive. You know, I know he hates losing. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, them back together a little bit older in their careers at this point. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting to see. I just think that there's some better combos ahead of them, you know, in the NBA right now. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think it's going to obviously be a struggle trying to figure out, who gets the ball when and, you know, how many shots are taken because they both love the ball in their hand and they both create best with the ball in their hand. My number seven is actually Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton. And the reason why is, is because Giannis had a great season and he's improved every year that he's been in the league. But Chris Middleton, if you look at this list, is probably one of the worst players on the list, right? Yeah, but he's no slouch. I mean, he's still a pretty good player. Yeah, I don't I mean, think they would have paid him the money that they did if he wasn't good. No, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like he's just getting to that star level where I feel like a lot of these other guys, like, they, like, it just, like, Luca's first season was pretty dang magical. Like, he was really good. He had a mm-hmm. lot of wow moments. Like, Chris Middleton, like, like, he might have a nice dunk every now and then or some good defensive stops or whatever. But I mean, like, even Donovan Mitchell. Great rookie, you know, season a couple years ago, and then he capped that off with another great sophomore season. And then I just I think that the guys ahead of them are just more established guys that have proven why they're the best in the league. Yeah, I understand that. So, what about your number six? My number six, I hate to kind of put them this low, but it's gonna be Lillard and McCollum. Yeah. I really love this duo. You know, I'm I'm a huge supporter of the Trailblazers. I love that team. I love what they've done around Lillard and McCollum, that they haven't just given up on that duo, that they've, you know, kept building around them. I mean, both of these guys can score anywhere on the court. You know, they both can hit a clutch shot. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about Rip City. Like those guys are they're young, they're talented, they they can score the ball for you. So I don't know what else you would really need out of your duo. Obviously, you need some good defense. But, I mean, when they're putting up those kind of numbers, it's hard for other teams to match it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree so much that I actually had them at six myself. Yeah. And, 
like you said, it's hard to put them low, but it's just like the guys in front of them are just better. At least, you know, in our opinion, on your list and my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Lillard and McCollum are just those young, scrappy guys that, you know, came into the league and needed to find their role, and they did. And, like, McCollum came really from, like, nowhere. Like, I mean, I don't. he didn't even play big-time college basketball, no, really. Neither of them. I think Lillard played at, like, Weber State or something, so. Yeah, I mean... And then now look at them, like Damian Lillard with that straight face meme looking off into the crowd, you know, after yeah. he hit that game winner, acting like he ain't seeing nobody, whatever. But seriously, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I really want to see them, you know, win. Like, yeah, they do deserve to win. Those are some of the, I think, the good young players in the league. You yeah. know, I, I just, think they are almost like a Steph and Clay. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty dang close. I, you know, I just we'll get into that a little bit later, but. Lillard and McCollum, number six, isn't bad. And, you know, once a couple of these other guys retire or, you know, something happens, Lillard and McCollum could definitely be, like, the best duo in the NBA if they can stay together. Yeah, I agree. Like them, Ben Simmons and Embiid, and then Donkic and Porzingis Porzingis are probably going to start leading the trail. Right. So, number five, who do you have? I have Giannis and I have Chris Middleton at number five. Um. I think Giannis, he actually came out like today or, you know, recently, and he said that he's only reached 60% of his potential. So, I mean, he grew, you know, since he's been drafted in the league. Like, this guy is one of the best defensive players. He can do some of the most athletically, you know, gifted things I've ever seen on the court. Um, This guy, he can literally do it all. And then I think if you have another just even really good player like Middleton around him, like, that's just going to be one of the best duos in the league. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. I think Giannis, when he's saying that he has that 60%, I think it's about developing, you know, more of a cerebral, a cerebral as, um, asset, I guess, you know, just being more smart when he's on the floor, doing smarter things, eliminating turnovers, being in position to get rebounds and just developing his jump shot. So he's very lethal on the outside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, once again, we have those three just mixed up in a different order. Our five and seven are... Oh, you have Harden mixed. and Westbrook? Yeah, Harden and Westbrook okay. is my number five. Um, like you mentioned, they did play together already. I think that just, I mean, just those two alone could really just dominate a game. The thing is, is, you know, James Harden and Westbrook, I'm sure, were on the floor at some points while they were in Oklahoma but Scott Brooks, when he was a coach there, kind of had Harden coming off the bench a lot, and then he was running the second team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously his offensive production was good enough to the point where he could do that and they would win games. Um, So they have a pretty good supporting cast that we're going to get into. It's just about, you know, figuring out who gets the ball win and just winning. Like, I, I think that at this point, like, that's all Westbrook and Harden want to do is win. Because Westbrook's had three straight years of averaging a triple-double, and Harden just put up crazy numbers night after night scoring the ball. And it's really gotten them nowhere. Either of them nowhere. I mean, yeah. not having a championship, I mean, like, they can put up all these numbers, but, like, what's it really for? Yeah. Like they it's didn't, not like know. it's hard to get into the NBA Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. they just hand those out. Yeah. So I don't get that. So our, our 10 through 5, you know, actually more than halfway through the list, um, it's really pretty is, similar. It's just, like, the first and like the third of each group that we've gone through is like switch basically. Yeah. It's just a little bit different. So number four, who do you have? I have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Yeah, I do too. Um, I just, it's still hard to count these guys out. I mean, Steph can literally just like throw it up blind, like 
cl- with his eyes closed to shoot it and make it. Like he's just that talented. And Clay Thompson's a pretty good two way defender. Um, I know now that they lost KD, like they probably won't be the same team, and they've lost some of their depth pieces. We'll get into that a little bit more, but these two are still, unfortunately, one of the best duos in the league. You know, coming from a Cavaliers fan, um, but yeah, I mean, they can just score at will. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard, you know, to still stop these guys. I mean, they're just getting better as they get older. Obviously, Clay Thompson's probably going to miss a lot of the year because of that ACL or whatever it was that he went down with. But, I mean, these guys are lights out. Like, they can make a freaking 15-point lead, you know, that the opponent has look like nothing because they can bring that back in, like, two and a half minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's really not fair. Like, they kill it coming out of halftime, and they'll erase any deficit, and then it's just like they got the chokehold on you, and you can't do nothing about it. Yeah, because it's just like they force a turnover, three points, you know, defensive stop, another three points. You miss a field goal, boom. Down three points. It was you're up 15. Now you're up maybe what six, and then that's very manageable for them to come back. But yeah, I mean they're really good. Obviously, it sucks that they lost Durant. Well, it doesn't suck because it evened the league out a lot more. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they're still top four. Hard to debate them being any lower, but you could definitely debate them being higher on this list. I think. Yeah. So number three, who do you have? I have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at number three. I I think that this duo is very good, but I don't think Paul George is as good of a player as a lot of people make him out to be. Like, yeah, he had a career year this year, but like him and Westbrook, another like that would have been a duo that we could have had on this list potentially. But they got bounced in five games against Lillard and McCollum. Like, I mean, and, and Paul George basically had the shot made on him from Lillard. So I don't know. Like, it took him to have his career year to be able to do anything. I think, obviously, having Kawhi on his side, well, it, that's going to be the best player he's ever played with. Um, I, I think they're pretty good, but obviously there's two more on this list that I think are better. Yeah, I feel you. But my number three, I have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, the only reason I say this is because I don't really know how, like, I feel like Steph was really willing to pass the ball up to Kevin because he knew, like, even though Steph's really good offensively, he knew, like, what if Kevin Durant could take over a game, that was it. Because once he got in his groove, there was literally no way of stopping that. I don't know if Kyrie's going to be as much like that. Plus, they're going to be able to play pick and roll with DeAndre Jordan and stuff like that. And then they have Karis LeVert. Um... But I, I I just think that, you know, I have Kawhi and Paul George at my two. I just think that they're better because, one, they're both two wing players, which is very important in the NBA because both of those guys can guard guys that are smaller than them and bigger than them to a certain degree. They're both willing to play defense, and they're both good scorers on all parts of the floor where definitely Durant and Kyrie are, but I think that they both do have a little bit of a weakness defensively. Kevin Durant definitely did take the next step defensively, I think, in Golden State, though. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Moving on to number two, that's actually who I have is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I think both of these guys can make shots, again, from anywhere on the court. You know, now, like, there's so many good shooters in the league that it's pretty easy to say that about a lot of these duos. 
Um, I think these guys will definitely be able to create shots for each other. I think Kyrie was at his best when he had LeBron. So when you have the second best player in the league um, and another chance to be able to play with someone as special as that, I think Kyrie will um, look closer to like his Cleveland days rather than being so miserable in Boston or whatever he was, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. I mean, he. I think he, you know, I think Kyrie is definitely capable of being the man on a team. But I think he's got to trust more in the team than himself and putting up, like, whatever numbers he's looking to put up. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, you're not going to win every single game. And sometimes there's anomalies as far as, like, how bad you're getting blown out and just stuff like that. But Boston had a really solid team. And the fact that they couldn't really win or do anything with him in the lineup because they got to the Eastern Conference Finals without him. You know, when they lost to the yeah, Cavs. and Gordon Hayward, was, I don't even think was on that, was playing at that point either, right? He was yeah. out the whole season. So, you know, obviously that's going to be different in Boston. But, I mean, talking about that, you know, I already said that my number two was Kawhi and Paul George and why I thought that they were number two. But, yeah, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just going to be fun to watch them play, I think. And I think it'll be good for New York to at least have a good team. Um but, you know, they gave up on D'Angelo Russell for, you know, really these two guys, which obviously I think would, you know, pays off. Yeah, I think any team would have done that, honestly. I yeah. mean, a, a young player who's probably as close to his potential as he's ever going to reach, you know, I mean, maybe it was just career year for D'Angelo where you have two of the top, what, 10 to 15 players in the league. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue that. So, obviously, number one, we both have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to argue that any duo really is better than these two. LeBron can play any position one through five. I even think Anthony Davis almost can too. I mean, cause he grew up a guard and once he hit that growth spurt, then he really started playing power forward and center. Um, I think these two are going to be able to play the best off of each other out of all 10 of these duos. I think both of these guys are focused on winning now. Um, I still think LeBron's the best player in the league. I mean, obviously, you can see that he doesn't care as much on the defensive end anymore. I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I think he's just not giving as much energy to it, so that way he can more on the offensive side. Yeah, and plus he played, like, what, eight straight finals or something like that? So, like, he's probably – he's played – he's older than most guys in the league. He's obviously more worn down than most guys in the league, so – but he's still putting up great numbers even in his mid-30s. So, And then you have a young guy like Anthony Davis who can score from anywhere on the court. He's a really good defender. I mean, he's able to facilitate the ball. Um, he's probably I, a top-five player in his own. Yeah, there's not really any weakness in these two guys as a duo. Yeah. I mean, it, the fact that you can have, like, you know, small forward who's going to play point guard apparently, and then you have Anthony Davis who is position-diverse, and he can do what he does, you know, all over the floor is just ridiculous. Like, it's amazing. I mean, he does what Giannis does, but to a better level. He does what Kristaps does, to, but to a better level. And, I mean, he's Kevin Durant, but he can bang on somebody down in the post. And then he's probably just as good or a better passer than Durant is. Anthony Davis? Like, Anthony Davis is yeah. really good. So, I mean, I, I honestly don't think that there's any arguing that LeBron and Anthony Davis are the number one. I definitely think, you know, Kyrie and Kevin and then Kawhi and Paul George definitely give them a run for their money. But I think LeBron, you know, who's 
a top two player of all time. Yeah. And then Anthony Davis was probably one of the best power forwards of all time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're going to. I mean, it's almost like having like a more athletic Tim Duncan with, I mean, obviously LeBron James or something. Who wouldn't have wanted to see those guys in like close to their primes? Obviously, LeBron's a little bit on the back end of his prime probably, but still, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Other Some other notable um, duos that I kind of wanted to spit out there was... Bradley Beal and John Wall definitely, you know, won, but I don't think that they're a top 10 anymore. They just, it's hard for them to coexist. Yeah, I think Bradley Beal's almost as good as gone as soon as he can, or if they'll treat him. I mean, I just, I don't see, like, what's the point in keeping a guy there that's that talented if you're, like, really not serious about contending? Yeah. Um, Another one was DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, do you really have anything to say about them? I no, mean, I wouldn't really say they are. Um, one I can kind of throw out there is maybe, I don't know if it's really a dynamic duo, but, I mean, Kemba and Gordon Hayward, I mean, they're both still pretty decent players, you know? Yeah, they'll be pretty good. I mean, then you'll have, like, like I don't think Siakam's obviously on that level yet, but Lowry and Siakam will be out there in Toronto. Um, I mean, there's really not that many past this, but, you know, there's some younger teams that are even trying like, to develop players. Yeah, even like Brogdon and Oladipo. Like, those are some good young players just yeah. to play together. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But now we want to go ahead and... So, we obviously both have LeBron and AD as our number one, but we want to take a look at who has the best team or at least supporting cast around, you know, their duo. So... Let's go ahead and I'm going to look at it more from like my top 10. So looking at it from the Jazz perspective, they have Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Jeff Green as some notable guys on their roster. Yeah, I think, did they, were they the one that signed Dwayne Dedman too? Maybe that was the Kings. I don't know. But I think they do have like a really solid group around them. I mean, they might have one of the most formidable starting fives in the league. Yeah. You, they can, all of those guys can score. Then you have Rudy Gobert, who I think has won defensive player of the year multiple times. So, um, and Mike Conley, he's a pretty good defensive player too. So yeah. I think, and who's their coach? Quinn Snyder. I don't know. I, I he's think, a guy that was th- like a drunk Russian or something. I don't know. I don't know. But. but either way, I think they have like the makeup to be like a team that can reach the Western Conference finals. I, I would not be surprised if that team is that goes that deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to really, you know, be predicated on being efficient on offense and being able to make stops on defense in crucial moments or at least, you know, maintaining leads. The 76ers, though, I think might have one of the best teams. You know, so some of their supporting cat on top of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who are pretty dang good at their position, they've got Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, and Mike Scott. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, some extra shooting to be able to come in there. They have some pretty athletic dudes. Horford is just that savvy vet that I think that team has, like, really needed. You know, like, they were able to bring in Jimmy Butler last year, who's played, uh, you know, a number of years in the league. But he's kind of I, – I always get the sense that he's just kind of about himself and, like, he has his own agenda. And Tobias Harris was another good pickup, you know, last year during the season too. So I think they have a good supporting cast. Next up, though, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, see, their supporting cast is not that great. They have Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Dwight Powell. Those are just some notable guys that I know. Obviously, the Mavericks didn't do that great. And then I think they've got some cap issues that they've got to figure out. But hopefully more in the future, they'll be able to build around their young duo. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of tough duo to build around. Um, 
or not to build around, but that's just a tough supporting cast to really get excited for. Um, you know, it's going to really fall on Luca and Kristaps to keep that team moving forward. For sure. Um, looking at the Bucks, they've got Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and Wesley Matthews around them. Yeah, I mean, that's a decent supporting cast. Um, I think a lot of those guys are kind of older. I think, obviously, you heard to lose Brogdon, who was one of your good young pieces. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have to hope to continue to draft well, but they're going to be at the bottom of the first round, you know, for a number of years as long as they have Giannis. Um, and hope that maybe they can, you know, do some things in free agency where they can maybe get some surprise guys that'll give them more, um, you know, stats and whatever than, than not. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the Bucks. Obviously, they also have Robin Lopez. So they have the mm-hmm. Lopez twins there in Milwaukee. Um, the Portland Trailblazers, though, they have Yusuf Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, Rodney Hood to add to their duo of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I think that they're a pretty good supporting cast. Um, did you? I'm sorry, did you mention Hassan Whiteside? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that they did a lot um, this yeah. offseason. And um, I think that they, along with the Jazz, have one of the better starting fives in the league. I think another team that we're not even talking about because they don't have like that duo is the Denver Nuggets, who yeah. I think is going to be a real good contender out west. Yeah, I mean, I who is like their best like players? They've got Jokic and is it Murray or? Um, it, yeah, I think it's Jamal Murray. I think he's the one that played at Kentucky. I want to say I I don't know, but they've got a couple of good young players out there. Obviously, and they even added Jeremy Grant through the trade with the Thunder. You know, yeah. just out of like nowhere, he's just a really good wing piece. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, but I definitely do like the Trailblazers. The Rockets also got pretty decent guys. They've got Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, Iman Shumpert. A couple of those guys definitely do seem like, you know, the same player, but that's all right because it means in the second team you're really not having that much of a fall off where you Mm -hmm. can kind of maintain what you have going with your first team. I've also kind of heard that they might have some interest in getting Iguodala too, so that could help. Yeah, I mean – Rockets, if they can get Iguodala and, you know, keep that cap down, would definitely be pretty good. Uh, The Warriors, though, Draymond Green, D'Angelo Russell, and Alec Burks, uh, they lost. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously they lost Iguodala. They lost Kevin Durant. They lost Sean Livingston. um, Looney. Quinn Cook, I think he's now with the Lakers, too. Yeah, so, so, I mean, they lost a couple of their bench guys. Actually, a lot of their bench guys, they really remade their whole team in like one offseason. So we'll see what happens there. I think that their depth is going to hurt them. Yeah, I could still see them getting to the Western Conference Finals if everything goes right. But I don't see that. I I think that they're probably just too tired at this point. You know, like they've gone through so many. And stuff is, is like a little bit later in his career than I think most people realize. Like he dealt with injury a lot his first several years in the league. And then, you know, he was finally able to stay healthy. Yeah. Um. But Warriors, we'll have to see what happens there. Nets, they got Kar- Karis Levert. Karis, yeah. Karis Levert, DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, Jared Allen. I really definitely do like what they're doing, at least on the defensive side, because they've also got, well, Jared Allen's a really good shot blocker, and so is DeAndre Jordan. So they'll definitely be able to protect that paint. Karis Levert, I think he's pretty decent all around, and Torian Prince is another good guy that's good defensively on the wing. Yeah, I like what the Nets have done. I I think that they're, I mean, obviously Durant's not going to be there this year, so 
they're probably going to finish like I'd say like maybe four through six in the East or something like that. I mean, it's possible that they finish, you know, higher up, but I think that's where ultimately they'll finish this year. But once the rant's in there, like the guys that you just mentioned, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen and him, like they have probably one of the tallest, I guess, front courts. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The front courts in the league. Like, I feel like it's going to be pretty hard to score on them down low. Yeah, it definitely is going to be. I mean, they're going to have to try and work from the outside. If Kyrie can and Karras can, you know, work on their ball pressure as far as, you know, on the defensive side of the, you know, court, they're going to be able to make some noise in the playoffs and be a really tough team because I think that they're going to have like three really good scoring options with Kyrie, Karras, and, you know, Durant. Durant. And then, yeah. DeAndre, Jared Allen, Torian, Prince, Joe Harris off the bench shooting threes. Like yeah. he was one of the best last year or so. All those guys are going to be able to contribute. And, you know, when you have two or three guys that can, you know, put the heavy load on their shoulders. You're pretty you're in good pretty good position right there. Mm-hmm. So next up the Clippers, they have Patrick Beverly, probably one of the better defensive guards in the league. Lou Williams, good six man. Montrez Harrell, really good player, had a good season last year. And Ivac Zubic. Yeah. Ivaka yeah, Zubic. I don't, I, don't I, I don't know how to say it. Um, but I think he's a really promising, you know, like power forward center that the Clippers really like. Yeah, I think and they have Doc Rivers, who's one of the most respected coaches in the league. I think, obviously, they're going to be top two, top three. I mean, the West is really competitive. If you look at most of our guys on the top ten duos, like a lot of them are in the West at this point. Um, I think top two, top three, definitely in the West. But they've got probably, you know, Paul George and Kawhi are two really good two-way players. Yeah. Um. They also are another team that's going to have like three guys who can put the scoring load with, you know, Paul Kawhi and uh, Lou Williams. I think that the Clippers are going to be really good. Obviously, they gave the Warriors, you know, some issues in the first round of the playoffs. I think that series went six games. Mm-hmm. They won two games against them and they didn't even have a star. Yeah. And I- now they have two. Like, bruh. Like, I know that they had to give up like Shy Glitches Alexander, who they really liked. They got rid of Gallinari, um, you know, who's really has been solid his whole career. Um, but obviously he was a big cap hit, so they had to unload his contract. But they did what they did, and they have a very solid team. I think that there is going to be, you know, some really solid teams in the NBA and in the future, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. And then do we just have the Lakers? Yeah, Lakers last team. Obviously, they did add a lot of veteran guys this offseason because they didn't have that much money to work with. But they do have DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, and Avery Bradley. You know, also guys like uh, Jared Dudley, Rajon Rondo. Yeah, so. Quinn Cook. Yeah, I I really actually kind of like what the Lakers have done. Um Obviously, it's depending on like is Demarcus Cousins going to be pretty good again? He says that he he that the Lakers got him for a steal, basically, you know, saying that he's like recovered at this point and that he I guess he believes that he'll get back to that form. Even though like I don't know if his style really fits the NBA anymore, I would like to still see them go out and get like a Chris Paul if he gets bought out or like Kyle Korver if you know he gets bought out too. I just think like you can't have enough shooting on this, and those guys are vets who. Obviously, Corver's played with LeBron and Chris Paul's really good friends with LeBron. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Obviously, we're Cavs fans. I'd like to see LeBron win a couple more championships. 
Yeah. I, I think he's such a good player. I think people give him such a hard time for whatever reason. But I, I really think he's that good of a player. And for him to have a losing record in the finals, I just... I mean, that just looks so bad on a guy who's so talented that we've only seen maybe one or two other guys at that level, you know, in the NBA. I mean, if you do really break it down, like LeBron went to a finals with a decent Cavs roster, but they had to go up against the big three of Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan in their prime. And then they had really good defensive players on their roster, like a Bruce Bowen, and then they had other good shooters, like a Robert Horry on their team. Like, come on, man. Like, one guy against all of that. Like, I don't know. Then you have the Maverick series when he was in Miami. And what did that team do? They executed throughout the game. They didn't get, you know, they didn't panic in situations to where, oh, we're down to them, you know, whatever. No. And, like, that was Dirk's first championship that he had won in his only. So, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, maybe they should have won that with Dwayne Wade and, um, you know, Chris Bosh also there. So he lost that one. Then I believe they lost one to the Spurs, right? Again, in Miami. And so then they have their big three, although they're declining, and Kawhi Leonard. So it's like, come on. And then not only that, but then he gets back to Cleveland. He fight, He goes up against the Warriors, who this is their first time in the finals, but they do have a lot of veteran guys on their roster. And Kyrie Irving gets hurt, and Kevin Love is hurt. So then he's carrying a team of a bunch of nobodies, again in loses, but he's putting record performance numbers up in the finals. And that continued to happen again only after the Warriors added Kevin Durant, the second best player on the team, after they lost in the finals, up 3-1, to one, winning 73 games, setting a record that season. And we hate on him because of all of that? No, I mean, I don't get it. Like, And that's not me just being like a homer or a stan or whatever. That's just the facts. Like, You can't be hating on a guy who's just had bad luck when he's in the finals. Yeah, I and even like Dwayne Wade, like he was having like all kinds of like knee issues, I think, throughout LeBron's most of his time in Miami. Chris Bosch wasn't just he was a shell of himself, I think, when he was in Miami. I mean, he was still doing like pretty good things. Like he was still scoring well. He was still being able to be productive on the defensive end. But I mean, say what you will about LeBron and them creating the big three, even though there was Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett before that, which LeBron had to go up against too. You know, like, I feel like people forget these kinds of things. You know, LeBron has done everything in his career that he possibly can to prove that he's one of the best players of all time. You know, I mean, like, for whatever reason, he gets gypped. He got gypped on some of the years that he could have been defense player of the year. And I mean, maybe he didn't compete in the dunk contest, but that really shouldn't say much about your career. He's put on, you know, a spectacular show all, I don't know. He's probably almost 20 years into the league at this point. He's like 17 years into the league. He's one of the best players. I mean, sorry that we're both kind of going on a tangent about LeBron at this point, but even 17 years into the league, into his mid thirties, he's one of the best players we've seen ever. Um, and him and Anthony Davis, I'd really like to see them, you know, acquire just a couple more pieces and win some championships and like get over that hump of, oh, Jordan's got six, LeBron's only got three. Like, 
say LeBron gets six and he ends up going to like eleven or whatever um Champ- finals. Yeah. Like Jordan never did that and he took two years off. So I mean like LeBron kept going. He went to um eight straight. Yeah, and he did like the Olympics and all that throughout all that too. So I don't know what else you would want from LeBron. I think he is up there with Michael Jordan in terms of top two players of all time. Um, but we ha- I don't think we've really seen anyone as good as LeBron, honestly. I think he's the best. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get into that discussion on another day. But that is our podcast, you know, talking about the NBA's best duos. Tell us what you think as far as the rankings. Who would you have, you know, in your top 10 and how would you rank them? Put those down in the comments section. Um, We appreciate you guys for listening. Once again, if you're on YouTube, make sure to like, comment and subscribe. We really appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. And if you are listening on iTunes, make sure to subscribe and share that as well. And make sure you rate it, you know, accordingly to, you know, what you thought. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be talking to you guys or seeing you guys in the next podcast.